Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. Welcome, premium subscriber, and thanks for your support. On episode 13 of Conspiracy Unlimited Plus, The Dark Side of the Paranormal, a demon seer reveals what demons look like and what language they speak. She'll explain how to differentiate between a demon and a ghost. How do demons affect our health? And who's likely to attract the unwarranted attention of demons? And some of the myths about what will protect you from negative entities. June Lundgren is a psychic medium, animal communicator, healer, nurse, demon seer, international paranormal investigator, and author with over 40 years of experience in the paranormal field. As a child, June communicated with spirits, animals, and angels. She served in the military where she trained as a nurse and EMT. After returning from the military, she continued to work in the medical field as a nurse and is currently the founding member of GhostsAndGirlsParanormal.com. She's the author of A Medium's Guide to the Paranormal, Paranormal Encounters, Paranormal Encounters 2, The Dark Side of the Paranormal, Out of Time, and Demon Seekers, The Journey Begins. Hey June, welcome to Conspiracy Unlimited. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Let me ask you right out of the uh, the gate. What's the difference between a demon seer and a demonologist? Oh, big de- big difference. A demonologist is someone who studies demons and can identify a lot of information about them, but they cannot do what a demon seer does. A demon seer, as a demon seer, I can hear negatives. I can see them in their pure form. I can remove them from a location or an individual and in some cases kill them. Now, when you say a negative entity, uh, are all negative entities demons and are all demons negative entities? No. Uh, the thing is, uh, there can, there's different types. Demons are inhumans. They've never held a physical form. Whereas you can have an earthbound negative who may have been a real nasty person in life. So when they die, they don't ascend completely to the other side. Instead, they say stay earthbound as what we would call a ghost. And when they do that, they stay in their physical uh, capability, mental capabilities. You know, they still think like they're alive. They still think like a human. Whereas if they had ascended, you know, all that would be lost. There's, you know, negative humans are kind of a pain in the rear end. <laughs> <laughs> to say the least. Yeah. Uh, I found out something interesting from, from your website, and that is that demons speak Aramaic. Yes. Tell me about that. It's the old language, and most people don't understand. It's a lost language, but most people don't understand it, cannot interpret it. My, my brain is hardwired to interpret the language, so I hear in English what they're saying in, in Aramaic. And I've had a couple of friends of mine that have wanted, you know, to see what I see, and they've regretted it. (laughs) But they're like, what are they saying? I don't understand the language. All I hear is this high-pitched frequency, you know, I don't understand. But I hear them like I'm talking to you. It's 
that I've always heard them that way since I was a little kid. Well, when you when you say you're hardwired to understand, now correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, Aramaic is a dead language, right? I mean, has it not Absolutely. been? It's been lost to the ages. So how it, is it? it has. How is it that you can first identify it as Aramaic, and and then have this instant sort of Google translator in your brain? <laughs> it's quite interesting. You have to die first. <laughs> oh, is that? I all? died. <laughs> I died in a motorcycle accident and. 1988. I've always been able to understand them, but never knowing why. You know, when you're a kid, you don't care. Um, but when I died, I went to the other side, and my grandparents were waiting for me, and Michael the Archangel, and he said, you know, you're sent here to understand who and what you are. And I'm, you know, telling them, like, well, I'm just me, you know, because I'm still stuck in my physical, you know, brain. And he says, no, 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 you don't understand. And he, and he touched my forehead. And all these lifetimes passed in a flash. And then the next thing I know, I'm looking down at myself and my form is different. I don't have my physical body. I have, I look a lot like uh, Michael. He's seven feet tall, 12 foot wingspan. But my hair is, is a, like a dark auburn and I have bluish green eyes and my voice is different and he says this is who you your soul belongs to he says you are ariel the archangel your job in each lifetime is to do god's work and to remove demons you have always been a demon slayer and you know he says you need to go back because you have a lot to do so i woke up you know, with a police officer standing over me, and he's like, are you okay? I was riding my motorcycle, and a woman ran a red light and hit me. And I'm like, yeah, I'm okay. But I had no concept of who Ariel was or anything. So, you know, it was just the beginning of internet, -ish, you know, times. And I looked up what I could find, and the only thing I could find was her name means Lion of God, and that she is one of the five that guard the throne of God. And um, after that happened, it took me a while to deal with the fact that there's something like that inside of me. And he says that, uh, Mike said that's, Michael said that's why you can always hear them, why you can understand them. You know, he, he says now you have to start, you know, defending the living. You have to start doing removals. And that was, you know, 1990. And I've been doing them ever since. And you also mentioned that you were able to help your friends see them and you sort of advised against it, but they kind of insisted. And uh, how is it you're able to help other people see them if they don't have that innate ability? They don't have the ability, but if they hold my hand, ah. I can make the connection with them and show them so that they can see what I see and hear what I hear. And the first person was a friend of mine who was a medium, and I told him, I said, you do not want to see him. I said, I see them in their pure form. I said, what you see, if you ever see a demon, is what the demon wants you to see, what he, the, the picture he puts into your mind. Because they look into your mind, they find the picture that you have of what a demon should look like. And that's how they make you see them. Only they amplify that a few hundred times. So you're really scared. And he wanted to do it. I'm like, okay. I said, but 
you know, this is just a warning. And I held his hand, and he saw the two demons that were before us. And he says, you know, he says, I, I don't believe it. You know, and then one of the demons started running at us, and he dropped my hand and broke the connection. And I, put, and I just put out my hand to stop the demon. But the other person that saw it was Zach Baggins from Ghost Adventures. He didn't like that. <laughs> can you can you describe what they look like in their pure form? In their pure form, they look a lot like archangels in the way that they're seven feet tall. They have a 12-foot wingspan, and they're black in color. And that's as far as it goes. If you look into the face of one of these things, there is every evil imaginable within their face. It comes from their eyes. It's like if I didn't, if I hadn't been seeing them all my life, I'd probably have a heart attack because they're so evil, and it it like permeates from their eyes, and it just comes right at you like a. Yeah, you know, like going outside on a hundred degree day. You know, you get hit by the the heat. It's the same thing with them, and that gives them a leg up in the way that they can, you know, for them to scare people. And but that's that's how they look. It's hard to describe. I just know that people that have I've helped see don't want to see it ever again. And how how plentiful are there? I mean, when you walk into a room, are you likely to see one, or are they are they everywhere? Are they, are they scarce? There, uh, it's been picking up since 2013. There has been an increase. I was talking to Michael and God, and they were saying, you know, this is going starting this year, which was back in 2013. There's going to start being an increase. We can feel the increase in the negative entities trying to get into the physical world. And he was right. I mean, from then on, it has done nothing but increase. In fact, in January 25th, Newsweek, uh, the Vatican actually came out and said, we're training more exorcists than ever before because the possession cases have like quadrupled. And the Vatican never talks about that sort of thing. For them to break the silence and say that, that that's saying something. And it's it's horrible. When the it says COVID comes, it really increases them because you know, there's all the fear, which they feed off of. There's all the anger. There's the uncertainty, the anxiety, you know, depression. All of these emotions feed these things. And it's like, a piranha, you know, they're out there trying to get whoever they can. I usually used to be, and back in the day, I would do maybe yeah, two or three removals a week, but I'm up to anywhere between 18 and 21 a week now. I get I get emails and calls from people all over the world, and it's just it's just incredible. It's insane. So, if someone is having paranormal activity in their house, and you and they contact you, are you able to, or how are you able to differentiate between, let's say, an, an earthbound uh, negative entity or an earthbound spirit, 
or a demon infestation or maybe even a mental illness? That's a good that's a great question. The thing is when someone contacts me, I automatically reply and say, you know, send me a picture, either the location, the individual, you know, building, whatever, uh, object even. And once they send that, then I know what's there. I know if it's just a, a regular earthbound spirit just passing through or causing problems or whether it's a true demon or or just what it is or whether if it's mental illness, there'll be nothing there. Absolutely nothing there. And I try to be very, you know, very careful with that. I've had cases where people have been, you know, said, you know, their, their demons are coming after me and everything. And, and there's nothing there but good ones. So I try to help them, you know, by saying, you know, the ones that are surrounding you are good. They're not bad. So you just need to focus on the good ones. And that seems to work 99.9% of the time. And once in a while, you know, there'll be somebody with a problem. And I will refer them to the local mental health to get help. Right. I will say, you know, I'll say like, maybe you just need some counseling. Maybe there's more going on in your life. You know, that sort of thing. I never ditch them because that's wrong. You know, if they have a problem, they have a problem and they need help. How often can a, a demon masquerade as a, as a mental illness? It can. Most people think that the individual who has an attachment or possession are mentally ill because only they can hear the voice. Only they see these things move. Only, they, only they're getting scratched or only they're, you know, you know, caught, show, telling them that these things are happening and the other individuals, no clue, absolutely no clue. So they think, oh, they're having a mental breakdown. You know, we need to get you some help until it actually happens to them. 90% of the time, people think it's just, you know, you're going through a hard time, you're stressing, you know, you're having some men- mental health issues until they actually experience you know, the paranormal activity, then it's like a whole other situation. It's like, oh, okay, maybe you're, maybe there's something to this. And then they, try, then they seek help. So what other ways can a negative entity or a demon affect the living? What are some of the symptoms? What they do if there's, uh, demons are kind of bizarre. They will, they're like a stalker. They'll sit back. If they choose someone, they'll sit back, they'll wait, they'll watch, they'll look for the person's weaknesses, the person's, um, if they, are they easily led, are they easily influenced, um, do they want uh, fame and fortune, do they want money, you know, what, what do they cherish, you know, what's their weakness in the way of, you know, who they love, you know, who, who's important to them. And then once they find out all this information, they start affecting the person's health. It goes downhill at an at an incredible rate. The health goes downhill. Their finances like go in the toilet. I mean, it's just like somebody will think they're cursed. It's one thing after another after another. And then they'll start attacking them. They'll start having giving them bad dreams. And then they'll start 
whispering, those, you know, so that only they can hear because a demon can make you see them or not make you see them as the case may be, as they wish. So if they only show themselves to the individual, you know, then the person thinks they're crazy. They lose their job. These things alienate you from any support system that you have, your your parents, your husband, your wife, you know, your best friend. They take and isolate you so you cannot get the help. So you think that you're never going to get away from them and you just give up. And and what sort of people attract these uh, demons and how can you attract them uh, inadvertently? A lot of times they're drawn to people with mental health issues. Here we go. Um, emotional instability, uh, um, alcohol, substance abuse of any kind, uh, abusive relationship, uh, raised in an abusive household, uh, have PTSD. Those are the main things that they look for. You know that are that are attracted attractive to them. Why? Because but, those people are already vulnerable. Mm-hmm. They're very vulnerable. Yeah, and they don't really. Most of those people don't really have a good support system. But it's it's not just that. I mean, I would say ninety percent. That's the attraction. But there are the other ten percent where. They're in the wrong place at the right time. And if they have abilities at all, that, again, will attract them because it's easier to manipulate someone with abilities because they can get inside your head really easily. And so they look for that. You're like a candle in the dark when you have abilities. A lot of people live every day. And they don't think they have abilities, you know, or they haven't discovered them or whatever, but they do have them. Almost everyone has abilities of one type or another, but these things utilize that to get into your mind and make you see them as they wish to be seen. They can make you see things that are not there. They can make you hear things that are not there. They can make you do things you wouldn't normally do, like drive off a cliff or, you know, uh, hit somebody or, you know, suffocate your child or strike, you know, just anything that's negative, any kind of uh, violence, anything like that. They really like that stuff. How much power do they have? Uh, can they do? Can they physically harm you? Can they, or do they? Is it all about trying to influence you to do something to yourself? Their main, their main thing is to influence the individual, you know, to make their life as miserable as possible. But they can kill you. And people think, you know, ghosts can't hurt you, demons can't hurt you, but they can. I took. Um, uh, ordained minister was a friend of mine of the original group I was with, paranormal group I was with. Him and his wife went with me on a demonic case. And it was an old demon, which we rarely see in the physical world because we're not worth their time and effort. But this demon had been entombed in the ground by Lucifer. And when man started making building houses and stuff there, tearing up the ground, this demon was released but it couldn't go back to the dark realm at all because Lucifer would kill it. So it started to wreak havoc on P 
people. We were going up the staircase because I, when I reach a location, I know exactly where the demon is. So I'm headed up the staircase to one of the bedrooms, and my two friends are behind me. And the demon first tried to push the wife down the stairs. And then when that didn't work, he reached in and grabbed hold of the ordained minister's heart and started squeezing. He thought he was going to have a heart attack. It, it hurt so bad. He had so much chest pain. It was incredible. And I reached over and, and slapped the demon away. But if it had continued, you know, it probably would have given at least given him a heart attack. Now, uh, shadow people, they love to suck the life force out of you. And they do it gradually. You'll have nightmares. You'll be tired all the time, lackluster, and that's how they work until they wear you down. What's the relationship between shadow people uh, and demons? Are they one and the same? Uh, demons, there are two kinds. There are the lesser demons, which I liken to hormonal teenagers. And then there are the old demons who are the most powerful and the oldest. And we're not usually worth their time and effort. And then there are the minions, which are... These little creepy crawly dudes that are more annoying than anything, they can you can see them as like spiders. You can see them as creepy things, you know, long arms, stick figures, whatever. And then there are the shadow people. Shadow people are different than the regular base minions or even the creepy crawlies. Shadow people like their own territory. They do not like any other negative entity in their territory. They, you know, because demons travel in packs, just like wolves, you know, they travel in packs. You will always find a lesser demon with these creepy crawly dudes. They're always like neck and neck because I liken the demons to a shark, which has pilot fish attached to it. This is the this is a symbiotic relationship between the creepy crawlies and the lesser demons. There's a hierarchy of angels. We mm -hmm. understand that. Is there also, a, likewise, a, a hierarchy of demons? Oh, yes, absolutely. There is, you know, people tend to think of they're all, all demons are the same, but they're not. I mean, there's Lucifer, who's the head. He has a couple of generals that are, work under him, like a second and third in command. And then there's the old demons. It's almost like, you know, they're the grandfathers of the, of the crew. And they have the most say and the most power. And then there are the lesser demons, which, like I said, are like hormonal teenagers, and it and it goes downhill from there to the to the minions, the succubus, incubus. You know, it's just and unfortunately, the lesser demons don't have any regard for the old demons. They don't like the way they do things. They don't have any. They don't have any sense of rightness. Whereas the old demons, you know, this is how we do it. This is the law. This is how it's done. And we don't deviate from that. Well, the lesser demons, they don't want to listen to the old demons. And they don't until they get slapped upside the head by one of them. Or they piss Lucifer off. All it takes is for them to piss off an old demon or Lucifer. And then, you know, they, they will either... You know, put basically put them in a form of limbo, or they will kill them. It's it's there's no you know depending upon the crime, shall we say? 
And how do you destroy a demon? Quite simple. (laughs) Because I have Ariel inside of me, you know, when she comes forward, people say that, that have seen me do this, say that my eyes turn white, my voice changes, and I look like I'm about 20 years old. And I have wings coming out of my shoulders. So when she comes forward, she comes forward with a white white light swords. And what she does is she slices through the the demon with the white light sword, and it vanishes. It becomes like grains of sand. It goes up into the universe, and is spread out there. And it's people don't understand that. When I died, I, f- I found one of the biggest tricks I found was that in the light world, as well as the dark world, thought becomes reality. That's how Michael the Archangel can be in 100,000 places at the same time. A, there's no distance on the other side. And B, before the thought even gets formed, he's either talking to somebody or helping somebody. And it's just, there is... It's incredible because you can, you know, you can kill them with a thought because it's the intention behind the thought that actually gives power to the thought itself. So if you think, I'm going to give a stupid example, but if you go like, you know, Roadrunner and Wile E. Coyote, you know, where Roadrunner pulls out a mallet and whacks Wile E. Coyote, right? If you see that in your mind and you give it enough power and enough thought, you know, but you see yourself whacking the demon, then that's what happens. But you have to make sure the demon doesn't get back up again. <laughs> and and if you're not nearby, if we can't reach out and call you, June, uh, and someone feels that they are under a demonic oppression mm-hmm. uh, or attack, what what sort of things can they do in an emergency? Um, they can the power of the power of prayer is very good thing, and if you invoke the name of Jesus and the name of God or whichever deity you belong to, you know if you believe in Buddha, it's all about the power behind the thought and the intention of that, and that will help to stave it off. It can give you a break in between them. You know, if you don't, if that doesn't make them go away completely, then you can contact your local clergy. And the problem with that a lot of times is even the clergy think that it's mental illness. And you have to basically prove it's not. Kind of like the Catholic Church, you have to jump through so many hoops, you'll be dead by the time they say, okay, there's a demon there. You know, it's unfortunately that's the way it is. My new book that's coming out in December is called Demons Here. In it, I put people that are where to find help. I have uh, talked to Keith Johnson and his brother and um, the Archbishop of the Order of St. Michael of Exorcist out of LA and a few other people. I've got links in the book. And they, they've all offered to help. They've all offered to be contacts to help people so that we've got like East Coast and West Coast covered. And, and what are some of the myths uh, regarding things people think can protect them but don't? Uh, a lot of people think that if they have 
um, crystals that they'll protect them. Sorry to say it won't. Crystal only amplifies energy. They think the eye of Horus will help them. They think putting tobacco under their pillow will help them. Uh, they'll think they think um, spreading brake dust at you know the opening to your home will protect you. Uh, putting white salt down will protect you. Um, so I've had people in all the years. You know, people are so desperate. That they will do anything to get rid of these things, and though you know one one gentleman was told to walk you know walk backwards three times, and another one was told to sleep with tobacco under their under their uh, pillow, and a lot of people think that if they sage, they'll get rid of the negative entities. Unfortunately, it just pisses them off, and the and the whole the whole activity ramps up a hundred percent. That's it's it's sad because you know there's so much misinformation going around about what will protect you, what won't. The things that will protect you are you can have a crucifix, but it has to have the image of Jesus on it. It has to be a likeness, not an abstract image. That will help. Holy water will help. Uh, and uh, let's see. You know, pleading the blood of Christ, that will help. Invoking God's name in the name of Jesus Christ, that will help. Um, I, When I first started doing removals about 40 years ago, I was told that I needed something to protect people. God says, you need something to protect people. I'm going to give you a recipe, and I want you to make this, and I want I will bless it at each you know, step of the making of it. And it's called black salt. Well, I had never heard of black salt. I mean, a lot of people heard of black salt. But it's not just any black salt because this is prepared with, you know, God's blessing and the angelic energy that resides within me is also put into the manufacturing of it. It will, people that wear it in a necklace, I have a group that I formed in England called Ghosts and Girls uh, Paranormal UK, and they use the salt in a cremation necklace for protection because when the salt heats up, that's when you know you're in the presence of something inhuman, and it starts protecting. People said it's, it gets so hot they, get, they can hardly keep it around their neck, but they keep it there because they know that you know without it, that would not be good. Um, people get it to place down around their homes to seal their homes. Uh, I use it if I'm going, like when I went to the Shanghai tunnels and removed demons for eight times there. Uh, I put it down and told everyone to stay within the circle because if they didn't stay within the circle, I couldn't protect them from the demons. So, you know, once they're within the circle, they're protected. I have never had it fail in 40 years. If you put it down the way it's supposed to be put down, you will not have any problems. And if you, you can carry it in your purse, you can carry it in your wallet, you know, you can uh, like uh, carry it in your car, you know. It's it's all good. Like I said, uh, it does help. Uh, anointing oil can help to – blessed anointing oil can ha help to seal the home, the windows, the doors, things like that. 
But if it's already within the home, none all that will do will be to seal it in. <laughs> and you don't want to be sealed in with these things because they get really, really mad. What's the worst? You mentioned the Shanghai tunnels, but what is the worst incident of a demonic infestation you've ever encountered? Vegas. Las Vegas. It happened last year. I had to go do a removal. You know, it was like the end part of 2018, and Michael comes to me and says, Vegas. I said, what about it? And he's like, you need to go. I'm like, man, I don't like Vegas. I don't want to go to Vegas. And he's like, you have to go to Vegas. And he kept telling me that for months. And I'm like, why do I have to go? And then that's when he told me that there were demons were opening a dark portal. And this portal was in a location where there were a, was a collection of negative things that had old demons attached to them. What they wanted to do was to open the portal and they could unattach, the, old, the other demons could take the, and unattach the demons that were attached to an item and free them from it and go into the physical world and start causing more problems than ever before. So I had to make a trip to to, LA, to Las Vegas. So I did, me and my friend did a road trip. Road trip. So we went down there. I waited till the time was right. And then I did the removal. It took about 10 minutes, which it never takes that long. But this was very powerful. I literally just did another one that was even bigger than the last one. And fortunately, it had not gotten to the point where it was, it could open. And so neither did the one in Vegas, thank God. But the one in Vegas was pretty nasty. There were some, there were some old demons in there that Ariel hadn't seen for like, since the war between heaven and hell. And it was, it was not for the faint of heart. I was like down for a week afterwards. Usually, you know, I'm good for a day, but I was down for a week afterwards. I don't want to. I don't want to mention any any names of hotels. But was it no. was it in one specific location in a it specific was. casino or a hotel? It wasn't a casino. It wasn't a hotel. Ah. I can't say where it was. No, no, no. Let me ask you. Uh, this might just be speculating, but do you think because you mentioned Las Vegas, we go back to October first, twenty seventeen, and Stephen Paddock. Mm -hmm. Um, at the, uh, the Route 91 Harvest Music Festival Massacre. Oh, yeah. Do you yeah. think that, that that was demonically influenced? Oh, yeah. Sure it was. Based on what? Based on the guys on the other side telling me, you know, there's something big that's going to happen and it's not good. And I'm like, okay. And they tell me, you know, you'll hear about it. And that's when... I heard about that, and I'm like, the negatives, and he's like, he's like, yeah. He said they were gathering strength and influencing people. Like, great. What do they want specifically? They want the white light souls, which are which fill each living person. They want them to suffer. You have to go back to why. They're dark. In the beginning, they weren't dark. 
there was, they were light. They were the light beings like the rest of them. But the light beings, a lot of them wanted to become physical again. They wanted to have physical form and know physical love, have children, you know, everything. They wanted to go through the whole thing because they had been pure energy for so long that they wanted to have physical form. Well, Lucifer and his followers said, no way. This is not what we want. We don't want to be subject to growing old, disease, pain, none of that. We do not want to be restricted to a shell. And God told him, you know, I'm not saying you have to do it. It's up to you entirely. No, and, you know, Lucifer argued with them. It gave him an excuse to rise up against God. And what he didn't realize was that God knew this was about to happen, was going to happen just a matter of time. And at the time, before this happened, God created what he called the Legion of Light. It was comprised of Ariel, Michael, Gabriel, and Raphael. And they, in turn, trained warriors, and they became, they became Legion of Warriors. So there were several legions of warriors they trained to fight. And then when all this broke loose, the fight, everybody was ready on the light side. And Michael disarmed Lucifer, and Ariel disarmed his son. And God told him, you know, I'm going to give you exactly what you want. You're never going to be able to take physical form again. And they were good with that. They're fine with that. But he says, you can't live among us. You can't do it. So he opened a rift into a, diff a dark dimension. And they, they, he put them all in there and told them, you know, this is where you're going to stay. You can't live among us. And at first they were fine with it. But over the centuries, they became angry and, you know, resentful, full of revenge so their thing is, you know, I'm going to make you guys pay for what you did to us, putting us in here. I'm going to make you pay for it. I'm going to make, if possible, make your lives as miserable as I possibly can. So you mentioned an uptick in demonic activity since 2013 or 2015. 2013, yeah. 2013. What is this building towards? Where are we headed? We're headed... If you stop and think about it, look at where things are going right now. If you, you know, more than in any other time in man's history, there are interests in the paranormal. They have, we have the ability to record things, to catch them on camera, you know, catch EVPs. And there's people all over the place doing paranormal investigations. What people don't understand is that every time you do an investigation, every time you read a tarot, every time you do a reading for someone, you open a door to the other side. If you do not close that door, which 90% of the people do not do, then it leaves the door open and just anybody can come through the door, literally. And they do. That's what these things look for. They're looking for that sort of thing. Plus, people are getting away from more mm, religious in the way of, you know, uh, like still not being a Catholic, you know, not being a pro Protestant, whatever. They're getting more into being spiritual rather than, you know, uh, religion per se. And they're starting to question, you know, is God real? You know, how can you prove it? 
all of these things. You know, you have that one show that, you know, Tennessee Wraith Chasers, where they wanted to capture a demon in a box. Good luck on that one. Mm-hmm. No such thing. <laughs> you can't do it. But they, they, you know, it's all of these things going. And we're becoming more aware of these entities, and we're seeking them out. I've had people come to me that have summoned the darn things and said, ah, I need help to get rid of them. I'm like, why were you summoning them in the first place? Mm-hmm. I just thought, I wondered if I could. I'm like, don't wonder. Don't be stupid. Don't do that. I had one person wanting me to wanting me to show them how to summon a demon. I said, are you out of your mind? I get rid of them. I don't bring them into the world. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. But there's more and more people are, you know, doing that sort of thing. And and with the awareness, with the increased awareness of paranormal activity and demonics and angels and stuff like that, it's is it any wonder there's an increase in activity? If people need your help, June, uh, how do they get a hold of you? They can go to my website, uh, demonseer.com. And or mysticconnections.org, and there's a contact. Uh, there's a contact page there. You can submit your name and your message and the email, and it'll it come directly to me. And I usually contact people within 24 to 48 hours of receiving the message. I advise people if they try to, you know, once I reply to them, that they need to send me. A picture. Unfortunately, they can't do that through my website. But once I respond to them, you know, then they're able to send me a picture. And uh, Demon Seekers: The Journey Begins. Out of Time: The Dark Side of the Paranormal. Paranormal Encounters One and Two: A Medium's Guide to the Paranormal. And the forthcoming Demon Seer. Yeah. Uh, how do we get a hold of those? Uh, Amazon.com or Smashwords.com. You can get it either in printed version or uh, ebook. And I will put up on my website and on Facebook when Demon Seer comes out so that everybody will know. Fantastic. June, thank you so much. It was great meeting you. It was great meeting you. A new Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at ConspiracyUnlimitedPodcast.com. Blow your mind. That is all for now. Oh, and remember to share and give a five-star review because we have huge egos and need love. We're like cats. We need... We need constant petting.